Hey, how are you? I hope you're doing well. I know I say that every single episode now, um, but I'm serious. I really do hope that you're doing well, um, and I hope that you are progressing through 2023 in a beautiful and purposeful manner, right? Um, it has been a couple weeks since um, since I uh, uploaded another episode, since episode, waiting episode three. Um, and so much has happened since that time. Um, I had a birthday, yay me, a big birthday too. I turned 40 um, uh, this year and a whole bunch of celebrations. I ended up with seven different cakes. Can you believe that? Seven. Oh my goodness. People out here love me, but I don't know if I want that kind of love. Um, cause, uh, yeah, I got goals and I need to keep sugar levels down. Hello. Um, but I am so grateful. So, 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 so grateful for all of the cakes, for the flowers, for the cards, for the well wishes, for the money, um, for the seeds sown in so many different ways. I can't even just begin to describe how grateful I am. I told my husband the other day, like, I think it's enough. We're almost a month out from my birthday and I feel like there is still you know celebration here and there and I'm just like oh my god this is it's beautifully embarrassing and it gives it gives new definition you know when the bible talks about being embarrassed by the blessings of God um because I definitely feel like I was or I am um embarrassed by the blessings um around my birthday so if you sent me anything, you know, if you even even if, you know, it was just words and I don't mean to say just words like that's not um, good enough. Um, but if you sent me a message on Facebook, on Instagram, um, you texted me, you WhatsApp me, you um, you signed, you know, uh, those virtual cards. Uh, I got so many different things. If you did any of those things, you sent me a video. Oh, my goodness. Some of those videos had me crying goodness gracious oh man if you were part of the people that planned the surprise party for me um and you spoke uh, at the surprise party or you came to me afterwards and spoke to me privately um just know that you know I am so grateful so 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 grateful thank you thank you and thank you again and if you did not I still thank you right because you're listening you know that's a gift in and of itself that you care enough to continue to listen that means a lot to me and I know I say that a lot but I mean it a lot um and so I really 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 appreciate you I appreciate you I appreciate you um part of what I did on my birthday my husband took me uh, to Panama and we spent uh, five five or six days um, at Panama um, or in Panama and we were at uh, a resort uh, and it was just beautiful um, and there are oh man I think if I would sum that trip up in a nutshell, if you're following me on Instagram, you heard me talk about this story or you heard me, you probably read about this story because I posted about it. Um, and if you're not following me on Instagram, please follow me at Ife Oyeleye or at Already In You. Um, one of the things we went to this place called Casco Viejo or Old Town, essentially, um, and we met this young man. You know, we were just walking 
through and we saw this beautiful building um to me this beautiful because it was my favorite color my favorite color is blue and I love all shades of blue every single one um um and so I'm like babe take a picture of me in front of this uh, this building um because I have sisters who wanted to see something every day because I think I'm the first one in the family to go to Panama and so people you know they wanted to see so I'm like take a picture so I could post this so I could send it to my sisters so I'm standing in front of this building and this, this young man walks out and um, I didn't realize at the time that the building was a spa. So he walks out with all these samples in his hand trying to get me to take a um, to take a sample um, of a beauty bar that I believe he cut, you know, that they had cut up and put into bags for people walking by to, I guess, to lure them in. So um, I was smiling at my husband who was across the street, but this guy walks out and he starts talking. Um, and I, uh, Sp- Spanish was my minor in college. So I still have a little bit of it. I'm definitely not fluent. My husband likes to tell people that I am, but I'm absolutely not. Um, and, and just like anything, what you don't use, you will lose. And so I really don't use Spanish a whole lot. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think I'm, I'm losing some, but you know, I was kind of proud of myself a little bit while I was in Panama anyway. So he comes out and he's talking about different things before, you know, and he doesn't speak very good English. And so he kept apologizing. And so I said, no, it's fine. Cause I'm, I'm following you. You know, I have some, you know, I studied, um, Spanish in La Universidad, you know, all that. And so he was just like, oh, wow, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he was telling me he has siblings all over the state. He's the only one still in Panama, and his he has three brothers, one in South Carolina, one in Florida, and one in Lawrenceville, Georgia, which is very, very close to where I live, So, because I told him that I live in Atlanta, and he was just like, oh, you know, he was just like, I have a brother very close to you, and um, blah, 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 so it was just, it was just sweet to, to see his excitement, that there is someone close enough to his brother I guess to to for it to feel like wow this world is so small so he went on to tell me why I asked him why why are you why are you the only one here do you not want to come to the states he said he loves his country he loves Panama too much to leave and then his English is not good I told him well you could learn you know you already have enough you 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 could you know just learn and he's just like yeah it's something I'm thinking about but I love Panama and then I have my wife here, um, my wife and my mom. And with those two, I think I'm, I'm pretty good. And so we went on talking about different things. And, I, and I, um, I'm giving you this story just to give you a sense of how connected we all are, right? This man is doing what he loves. He loves uh, beauty, beauty products. You know, you could tell even in looking at him, very well kept man, very put together, obviously because of where he works too. But I could, you could almost sense that that that's how he was on a daily basis, even if he wasn't at work. Um, And so I looked at someone living life by his passions and, and, and allowing what um, what moves him, what he loves to continue um, to push him forward. And, you know, I was amazed. I was absolutely amazed by him. Um, not because there was anything extraordinary. And, and, you know, I'll be honest and say I did not, you know, pivot the conversation into Christianity or anything of the sort. You know, it was just a conversation. And in the conversation, I was just kind enough to talk to him, you know, because I think sometimes when people are handing out um, um, samples, you avoid them, right? Because you don't want 
to be lured into buying anything. You don't want to be pulled into the store, etc. But I indulged him. You know, we weren't in a hurry. We came to Old City because that's where the markets are. And if you know me, I love markets. I love, you know, to see those like grapes and mangoes and all those things like laid out. And then you give me a price and I can haggle. I'm a couponer. So I love that for days. So needless to say, I wanted to go to the old town because in the new town, it looks like New York City. Hello. Um, and no, thank you. Um, I think I'm good on <laughs> on New York City. So we took a trip there, took a, um, um, a ride down there. And yeah, so he's just telling me different things. And um, at a, he handed me the 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 sample and he lured me into the store and I was just like oh my gosh but I wanted to continue to be nice and to be kind he gave me a free hand scrub he told me that I had beautiful skin and told me I can tell you do this you do that and on on a lot of things he was right some of them he was wrong I'll be honest but on a lot of them he was right um and so he, he gave me this hand scrub showed the bottle to my husband essentially you know trying to get him to see um to buy some which I did not I did not buy anything um but it it was when we were leaving you could just sense his appreciation and it just appears like no one has talked to him all day and he's the type of person that thrives off a conversation and so it just reminded me again that all people are the same we are all the same it does not matter where you come from it does not matter where you visit we are all the same are there different customs and cultures and and backgrounds absolutely but down to the nitty-gritty of it all at the foundation of it all we are all human beings and we are all pretty much wired the same we all love what we love and we love it hard right we all are moved and do things in life that that come from passion um and I was just again I was mesmerized by the whole interaction and to someone off the street it, it probably could have just looked like you know something very regular something like oh yeah he's selling stuff and I don't want it I'm across the street and keep my life moving and I and not that anything is bad about that but I do believe that me meeting him was divine you know it showed me so many things and it it reminded me that again we are all the same um um and kindness is so important kindness is so important I didn't end up buying anything and someone will say oh well you wasted maybe 20 minutes of your vacation but I don't look at it as a, look at it as a waste I believe it was an investment I don't know what in our conversation stood out to that young man but I do know that as I was leaving you know he was almost emotional thank you so much like he took my hand and he's squeezing it and he's like thank you so much for talking to me in in English Spanish um you know basically just really really appreciative he even thanked my husband who stood across the street because he was still trying to get the picture again if you if you go on instagram you'll see um he eventually came over and he thanked my husband for allowing me (laughs) for allowing me to talk to him for so many minutes and i was just i was it it kind of it was right at the beginning of us being in casco viejo and so you know it kind of set the tone for the rest of our trip well for the rest of our day in that city um, and it made everything just pleasant, even even the unpleasant things. I had a smile on my face just in my dealings with that young man. And it reminded me again that kindness is key, that we are all the same and that God 
if if you love God's people, you will be a light even when you're not trying to be. And, you know, I think that is maybe the conclusion of the whole matter from my birthday and my birthday trip. Like, love God's people. Um, the people who, funny enough, my son, he was like, he was at the surprise party. He he found out the morning of the surprise party that there was a surprise party. Um, and so after all of it, after all the tears and all the tributes and the all the cakes and you know the food and everything he comes to me and he's like mommy um how do I get a party like this and I looked at him like what what do you mean he was like yeah how do I get a party like this one day and I'm like well he was like yeah because I want I want people to say nice things and to make me cry and to you know I said well Bubba live your life for God's people and it reminded me of my trip right and it's not necessarily that I was living my my life for that man but I gave him time and time is expensive um and and so after we me and my son we we had a good laugh because he was so serious and then we both we both just bust out laughing but I told him like the the key really is to be a blessing to God's people because God's greatest resource is not the earth. It's not money. It's not the things in the earth. It's his people. And if you can pour your life out for his people, then truly, truly you will be blessed. Um, the things you do, do not, don't, don't trivialize them, right? You're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're a teacher, you're an engineer, you are, you work retail at McDonald's, you, um, our minister full time. You are um, a counselor at a, ch- at a at a school. You are um, a janitor. You are uh, um, an entrepreneur, a business owner. Whatever you are, you're offering some kind of service to people. And because we're believers, right, we know that that's not like a little thing. That's a big deal um, because we're serving God's people, whether they're saved or not. They are God's people. So pour your life into doing what you know the Lord would want you to do for his people. Remembering that the Bible says whatever you, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, right? But the Bible also says um, um, that that everything you do should be done as if unto the Lord. So, so on the one hand, it's with all your might, but on the other hand, it's as if it's unto the Lord. So if the person you were serving through the drive-through is is rude and and ugly it's cool why because I'm actually serving the Lord and if you could just see it like that right my children the children in my class are unruly and rude cool but I'm actually teaching the Lord and that's the way and I know it sounds good right it sounds like oh that's so sweet but I mean it I mean it and there will be days where you get it right you know you know you did it right and there will be days where you know absolutely without a doubt that you did it wrong and it's cool because there's mercy I knew every morning you ask for forgiveness and you try again the next day but all this to say I know I spent a lot of time talking about this but all this to say love God's people it's important if you want to spend your life doing anything let it be that spend your life loving God's people because then then it's very obvious that you love the Lord so 
Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. I am so happy to be on the fourth floor. I know a lot of you listening to me are not here yet and it's cool. Enjoy wherever you are. Third floor, second floor. Cool. Um, and when it's time for you to join me here, uh, I may still be here. I may be on another floor, um, but I can tell you there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, I have so much hope and so much excitement, anticipation for what the Lord is going to do for me in this year. So I start a new decade with joy. So thank you all again for wishing me well. We have been talking about waiting. And if you were, if you, if you were, um, if you listen to uh, part three, I was talking about um, the chosen and I wanted to make something clear because I got something wrong. It was not the end of season one. It was the beginning of season two. So if you were looking for the story of Nathaniel, because I went back to look at it, I wanted to show my mom something. Um, she she came here to watch um, her and my father came to watch my children while we were away in Panama. And so we were talking about something and I wanted to show her something essentially the the representation of the story we were talking about in the word of God and so I went and I'm like where is this thing I, I told all these people that it's at the end of season one it's actually at the beginning of season two so if you were looking at it looking for it I am sorry but we have been talking about waiting and we're still talking about waiting and I think we'll have at least one more episode um in here before we move on to a, an entirely new topic um but again I hope I hope that um it's it's make it's resonating with you and it's making a difference because remember we're all waiting all of us are waiting all of creation is waiting um we're all waiting for something and so you know and if you're not waiting for something big right now um it could be small but even if it, it is small you're still waiting um and the and the likelihood is that at some point you're going to be waiting for something big because that's just how this life works so the things that you're hearing use them okay i want to read a scripture that I think a lot of us know, um, a lot of us uh, have heard it over and over, and it's Isaiah chapter 40. It's one of those um, scriptures that I think a lot of Christians know without knowing where it is or without knowing truly what the Lord is trying to say. We cite it a lot, um, and so I want us to dig into it just a little bit. Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 25 to 31, six verses or seven Um six yeah six verses Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 25 um, and it says to whom then will you liken me that I should be equal to him says the holy one lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these he who brings out their hosts by number and calls them all by name through the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power not one is missing or lacks anything. Why, O Jacob, do you say and declare, O Israel, my way and my lot are hidden from the Lord, and my right is passed over without regard from my God? Verse 28, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Can you hear my smile? He gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect 
look for and hope in him shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Right. And so, again, very common scripture. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. You know, we've all heard um, someone say it in a way that, you know, sent, sent lightning through your spine. Right. Um, and I don't you know, it's it's not a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. It's an absolutely great thing. But when I was preparing, the Lord was showing me a bunch of different things about this scripture. So so it starts off with Jesus being a boss, right? To whom will you liken me? Oh my gosh, that I should be equal to him. And it's just like, well, of course, no one is, is, is anyone like the Lord? It's like answering that question. My niece, um, two of my nieces have the name Mishael or Michelle, depending on how you pronounce it. And it means who is like, who is what God is? OMG, who is what God is? My daughter's name is Micaiah, which means who is like the Lord. And it's and, and when I think about those two names, um, it makes me, you know, want to shiver. And it, it reminds me of this scripture, to whom will you liken me? So first and foremost, it's this it's 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 Isaiah uh, uh, as a conduit for the Lord, as a mouthpiece for the Lord reminding the people that God is not regular. God is not a man that he should lie. God is not um, to be compared with any man. God is God. To whom will you liken me? And as you wait, I want you to have this in the back of your mind. You are not dealing with regularities. You're not dealing with commonalities, with normalcy. You're not dealing with any of that. You are dealing with God Almighty, the creator of the universe. And he starts off, well, we start off in verse 25. And if you get a chance, start from verse 1 and read the whole chapter. But he's like, to whom will you liken me? And I look at him like this big boss, like big daddy, like standing there, like seriously, with his head cocked to the side, one eyebrow raised, like to whom will you liken me? What can I be compared to? And the answer to that question is no one, nothing. Absolutely. You are in a category all by yourself. And if I could just have that picture in my mind as I'm waiting, knowing that the person that I'm dealing with is likened unto no one else. Man has failed you. Yes. Right. You, you asked me to call you um, at eight o'clock. And, and by the time it's eight o'clock, I'm probably texting you because I need 10 more minutes. I will fail you because I'm human. Man fails you and it doesn't matter which man. I don't care if it's the president of the universe, president of the United States, president of the UK. Uh, they um, kind of, they don't have presidents, but you know what I mean? I don't care if it's the president of any nation that, that, that's, that's um, established on this earth. It does not matter. I don't care if it's, it's an unhoused person that lives um, somewhere in California from the, the highest to the lowest. Man will fail you, period. But then God is just looking at you like, to whom would you liken me? I'm not man. I cannot fail. Like, not just that I do not, but I can't, even if he wanted to, not that he ever would want to, but he can't fail. It is not in his nature. He does not know how. He is not made up of fallible things like you and me so that, so that things fail us all the time right? You're running and your knee gives out. 
out of nowhere. You had no idea that was about to happen. You lift your arm and then it cracks and you, and you yank it back down. Even your body will fail you, but God will never fail. And so we start with him saying, to whom will you liken me? Realize that the, that the God that you're waiting on does not fail. And that knowledge all by itself gives you hope. So much hope, incredible hope. I'm not waiting on my mother as awesome as she is, right? I'm not waiting on my father as awesome as he is. Why? Because in both of those instances, I can think of times that they failed me. And it's not because they weren't great parents. They were fantastic parents, but they had their limitations. Why? Because they were human. So if my mom said, to whom would you liken me? I could probably give her a couple of, of people that I could liken her to. But when the Lord says, to whom would you liken me? Truly, you are stunned into silence because there's no one. No one can be likened to the Lord. Nothing can be likened to the Lord. And so as you wait, remember who you're waiting on. You're not waiting for your, for your husband, for your wife for um, um, your boss to see that you need a, 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 a raise. You're not waiting on the car dealer to have a heart and bring down the price. You're not waiting. No, you're waiting on the Lord. And because nothing and no one can be likened to him, then you can rest assured that what you need, you're going to have. Period. Hello already in you. What you need, you will have. So right there. Jesus stopped me in my tracks with that. To whom will you liken me? And I just smile like, yo, Jesus is legit. Love it. And then, um, and then um, verse 26, he's instructing us to lift up your eyes on high and see, right? Who has created these? <laughs> I love it when God asks questions that, you know, we, we know the answer to, but he's asking you because he wants you to think. You know, part of waiting, the beauty of waiting is that it gives you time. It gives you time to think you're waiting on something and it gives you time to think and ponder on, on, on a lot of things. And so Jesus is here giving you things to think about. Look up and, and, and look around you who created this stuff. Yo, I'm, t- I, I think one of my biggest pieces of advice to people is travel, travel, um, because nothing makes me And nothing makes me as in awe of God as traveling. You know, I have been privileged to go to a lot of beautiful places and I'm grateful because I know a lot of people don't have that uh, ability. Um, But I want to say being in Panama made me feel so close to the Lord, like in a, in a beautiful way. We went to the beach in the morning, in the afternoon, in the, in the evening, um, and just walking on that beach and praying on that beach and seeing creation. I looked out of my window one day and I saw this creature. I still haven't been able to identify it. It wasn't a lemur, but it had a black and white tail, but it was red in the body anyway. Um, and I saw it and I'm like, babe, look, I tried to take a picture, but cause my daughter would have loved to see it, but I couldn't get it. Um, but being surrounded by all this beauty made me say, wow, God, 
You are so awesome and so good. And these are things that that we can become numb to, waking up and going to sleep every day in the same environment. You see the same tree in your backyard. You see, you know, the same looking clouds over your head, you know, and and it becomes normal. Um, So when the Lord is standing here, excuse me, when the Lord is saying here, who, who created these, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these things. He who brings out their host by number and calls them all by name. Do you realize that there are more stars in the galaxies than there are sands in all the seashores of the earth combined? Oh my goodness, you pick up just one scoop of sand and it's falling through your hands. And, and just to isolate one grain, um, me and my husband took a picture like that. We put one grain on, his, on, his, on one hand. And then he had a scoop in the other hand. And it's just like, how can we ever count even just what's in his hand? Talk less of what's on this beach. Talk less of multiplying that by all the beaches in the world. And yet there are more stars in the heavens than that. And the Bible records here that he knows them all by name. He knows their number. Because he's strong in power and not one is missing. Not one lacks anything. Oh, come on. If God is saying to you, hey, not even the stars, not even the stars are missing anything. Right? Not even the stars lack something. How much more his people? How much more you and me? Like for real, how much more? And the question we have, the, 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 I guess the conclusion that we have to be coming to is if God could do all these things for galaxies and stars, then why couldn't he do the things that I need? If he could look and boldly proclaim that none of these stars or galaxies lack anything, then why wouldn't he give me the same ability to say that I lack nothing? Right. The Bible already told us that no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And so we have to remember always that nothing is hidden from God. Nothing is neglected by God. If he could count the galaxies and the stars, then why wouldn't he count the things in my life that need that need some attention? And then he goes on to say, why, O Jacob, do you say and declare, O Israel, my way and my lot are hidden from the Lord? I recently posted something on Instagram that said it's coming, you know, because sometimes we have to be reminded because it feels like God, God is not listening. Right. And I think one of the hashtags I put was he's not deaf or something like that. And I need you to realize that he's not deaf. He hears you. He hears your prayers. He hears your concerns. And if he hasn't forgotten one of the stars out of all the billions upon billions that are in the sky, not to the point to the point where he knows their name. Why do you think that out of eight billion people, only eight, that he would forget you? Remember what I said at the beginning, God loves his people in a way that we can't even begin to describe. He loves us. Oh my goodness. And so when I'm telling you to love God's people, it's because he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave. He loves us. So if he actually loves us, the Bible doesn't tell us that he loves the galaxies, that he loves the stars. 
And there are billions upon billions to the point where we can't even count. We cannot even quantify the amount of stars in the skies, but we can estimate the amount of humans somewhere around 8 billion. And if the Bible tells us that he knows each star by name and that they lack nothing, why do you think that you out of one, out of 8 billion people that he wouldn't know your name or that he wouldn't know what you need and when you need it? Come on, I need you to be encouraged as you wait. Encouraged with expectation because you know who you're waiting on. But also you know what who you're you know who you're waiting on and what he's done and what he's doing. If he could do all that for the earth, for the universe, why wouldn't he do much more for you when he actually loves you? Why, O oh Jacob, do you say and declare, Egypt, my, way, my ways are hidden from the Lord and my right is passed over without regard for my God? So he's like, if I could do all this, why do you say this? If I could create these galaxies, why do you say this? You know, hear his heart behind what he's reading. Remember, word, the Bible is not just black words on a white page. Hear the heart of Jesus. He's speaking to you right there. Why do you say that? Don't, don't we think that sometimes? Lord, you don't forgot. I'm waiting. Hello? Do you remember? You know, Abraham, I think I said this before, but Abraham, the Lord tells him, you're going to be the father of many nations. And his wife is yet barren. And it's like, Lord, did you, did you, did you mix it up? Did you not say the right thing? You know, the Lord tells him at 75, number one, that's already old. Like, what you mean? The Lord tells him at 75, and he doesn't have Isaac till 100. 25 years of waiting. What do you think he did in year 15, in year 20, in year 22? Meanwhile, the Lord knew from the moment he said it, that this is how I'm going to do it. It's so easy. It's so easy to get to that place where it's like, Lord, you've forgotten. Lord, you can't hear me. But remember what we talked about with Jesus. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is the God that is always there, always there. So your situations and your circumstances might lend you to think that God is not there, that he can't hear. But let me encourage you that he is and that he hears and that you don't have to be like Jacob and Israel who look at the Lord and say, what? Hello, do you see? Then he comes back in verse 28 and he's like, have you not known? Have you not heard? This, this, this verse makes me smile. Oh my God. Have you, it's like Jesus speaking with, um, almost this, almost sarcasm, you know, have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not faint or grow weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Nothing is unknown to him. You know, we keep coming back to this, that God is not in heaven trying to figure out how to end your story, how to write the next chapter. That is not him. He is not in heaven trying to say, oh, well, this is a wrinkle. You know, oh, she didn't she didn't do well enough to get into that school. This is this is a new development. Let me see how I'm going to work this out. No, no. And no, the Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He wrote the end from the beginning. He's Alpha and Omega. So he knows full well how your story is going to end. 
what the next chapter is going to look like. And I don't mean end like you're about to die, but I just want you to know that God is not trying to figure out a perfect ending, a catchy, you know, phrase with which to summarize. your. No, that is not God. We get writer's block. He does not. He knows exactly what he's doing. And Isaiah reminds us that there is no searching of his understanding. Don't even try it. And if you remember what we talked about in episode three, um, yeah, at part three of this of this series in Psalms 133, David said the same thing. I'm not even I'm not even trying to to wrap my mind around the things that are too big for me, the things that are too great for me. And in the same way, Isaiah right here is saying the same thing. There is no searching of his understanding. And with all the ups and downs that your life have gone through, the Bible reminds us that God does not grow faint or weary. So it does not matter, right? Our God is a God that does not get tired. You know, sometimes we we get like that, like, Lord, you must be tired of me. The, The answer to that is false. It wasn't a question, but let me answer it anyway. No, he does not. He is not tired of you. The same way if you had a child, no matter what they did, you could not, you couldn't get tired of them. You know, children that, that, that unfortunately turn out to be murderers are still stood by, by their parents. And these are earthly people. And the Lord looks at us and says, if your father, your earthly father knows how to give you bread when you ask for bread and not stone, how much more me? Where I truly don't get tired of you. You don't get on my nerves. There are moments I look at my kids and I'm like, listen, I need 10 minutes. Get out of my room. <laughs> Sounds harsh, but I, but, I, but I absolutely do it. And I may not scream it. You know, I, I try to do it gently, but I'm firm about it. Hey, I need you are asking me way too many questions. And that's me loving my kids with all my heart, but needing a moment. And God never needs a moment. Oh my goodness. He never ever needs a moment. Then the Bible goes on to say, he gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. And I love that because the Lord acknowledges that even in the weight, you know, there will be moments of weariness. There will be moments of weakness. He didn't say, don't be weak, (laughs) right? He didn't say that. He said he gives power to the faint and the weary, which means that he knows you're going to be faint and weary at some points in this journey. But he gives power. Remember, the word of God says that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So he's already accounted for the, the, the tiredness that you're going to feel. He's already accounted for that. And he's already made provisions. How come on? Already made provisions. All you need has been provided. He has already given you some of his strength and his power with which you keep going. With which you keep going. And a question I want to ask is if, you know, do you believe that God is all powerful? Do you believe God created the universe? Do you believe, you know, that that all these things, that all these wonderful, magnificent things we say about God, do you believe that they're true? 
And I think for most of us, we actually do believe that, right? We believe God created the universe in seven days. We believe that in six days. We believe that on the seventh day, he created man because he, he made something perfect for all of us. We believe that nothing is beyond his power or his capability, right? We believe these things, but we believe them in theory because if we truly believe them, then we, could, we should also believe that the same God can meet our needs, Oh, come on. If he could make all this and do all these things day in and day out, if he could let all of this continue to 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 work. Like if you've ever studied physics and gravity and why it all works and why we haven't fallen out of the sky. If he can uphold and sustain us this whole world, I'm not just talking about the earth. Oh, my goodness. It's one planet out of eight or nine, depending on, you know, when you studied. When I was growing up, it was nine. Now it's eight. Pluto is no longer in the list. You know, if he could cause all of these things to subsist, and that's just in our galaxy. And there are galaxies upon galaxies in the earth, in the world, rather. And he makes all of these things exist. Right. The earth spins this way and and it tilts this way towards the sun. Like what? The moon doesn't doesn't move. I'm just like, God, you can do all this. And if you can do all this, what makes me think that the little things in my life you cannot do? One life out of eight billion, you all of a sudden lose power when it comes to me. False. It is a lie that the enemy wants us to believe. Constantly remind yourself, look at what God has done. Oh my gosh. And if he can do all this with the earth that cannot praise him, why wouldn't he do the little things I need in my life? Oh my gosh. Elisha said, this is but a light thing in the eyes of God. And I'm looking at you and I'm telling you, hey, sweetheart, whatever you need, whatever you're waiting for is but a light thing in the eyes of God. If he could do all this, why wouldn't he do your little thing? One little life. Why? And then the main verse. Well, verse 30, even youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall stumble and fall. And I like the addition of this scripture because I think the Lord is saying to us, you would expect young people to have all the strength, right? To be capable of doing and going further. Um, But even them, even they feel exhausted. Even they stumble. And so it reminds us again of verse 29 that he's already provided might and power. He's already done that. He's already provided that. So whether you're a youth or you're not, The strength you need to get through what you're going through, you have it already. And then the last verse, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And when I was reading this, I'm like, well, Lord, if we're waiting, why do we need strength? You know, because I think sometimes when we're waiting, we get this picture of someone in a in a doctor's office getting an oil change, you know, sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Well, before the, the, the phones became what they are today, you know, some would be reading 
Um, there's usually a TV on, someone's looking at it. You know, occasionally you see someone glance at their watch, like, why am I still waiting? And so we have this picture of waiting as twiddling thumbs, idle time, just hoping that the next thing comes quickly, hoping that they call me that my car is done, hoping that they call me um, that I'm the next appointment, hoping, right? So you're just waiting. And I think that's the picture that we have here. But the Lord is saying he gives strength to those that are waiting. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Because there's this we need to redefine what waiting looks like. That's not waiting, at least waiting on the Lord. Okay. It could be waiting for your doctor, but that's not waiting on the Lord. You are not supposed to be sitting down idle waiting. The Lord gives strength to those who are waiting because you're supposed to be doing something. You're supposed to be actively engaged in doing something while you're waiting. Do you remember when I talked to us, um, I don't remember which episode it was the singleness series, but I don't remember which episode it was. Um, and I told us, um, about my children when we're cook- when we're, when we're baking cookies or muffins or whatever, and how they keep going to the stove and they keep wondering and waiting how much longer. And I'm like, you see the timer, you know, it's not going to go any slower or any faster. It's going at the pace that it's going instead of constantly going back to the stove, come play a game with me. Let's do a puzzle. Let's read a chapter of your book. Let's, um, um, straighten up the shoes in your closet. Let's do something. And I'm telling you that while you're waiting on the Lord, do not be consumed with what you're waiting for. So much so that you're sitting down, just twiddling your thumbs, get up and do something because even in the midst of it, he's giving you strength, strength to wait. Yes, but also strength because strength is needed for what you're supposed to be doing. You don't need strength to sit down and keep looking at your watch. No, you need strength for activity. And so the idea of waiting and and everything is on hold. Everything is on pause because I'm waiting. Nothing else gets done. No progress, nothing. I'm waiting. Mm -mm. Erase that and rewrite it so that it looks a little bit like until the Lord does what I know he's going to do, I will be X, Y, Z. So yes, I want to be married, right? But until the Lord brings my spouse, I, like Adam, will will pour myself into naming the animals. Now, please don't go to the zoo and stop pointing at the zebra saying, okay, your name is. Mm-mm. Not, not like that. But I will be busy doing what I know my father wants me to do. So I am going to accept um, 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 my pastor's request to be um, um, a youth leader for the next year. Because I'm not sitting around. I'm not sitting around doing nothing. I'm going to pour myself into something. So I am going on that mission trip for, for two months this summer with, with, um, with Global Expeditions. You know, I am going to do that. I'm not going to wait. Oh, you know, oh, well, what if this? Nope. God knows. God knows he already has given me strength to do it. Right. And so I want you to have an understanding that God gives strength to those who are waiting because there's something we ought to be doing. Actively doing while we're waiting. And so as you wait for whatever you're waiting for, be it big, be it small, 
You know, you're waiting for the Lord to bless your womb with children. Wonderful. Serve in the children's ministry. Practice. Get the knowledge that you need. Right? You're not just sitting in church, coming every week, praying, you know, every prayer point about, Lord, give me, Lord, bless me with children. Trust me, he hears. We already talked about the fact that he's not deaf. But while he gives you strength and you're waiting, what are you going to use that strength to do? Or, or you're an usher or, um, um, I don't know, you, you, he gave you an idea, an idea for a book to write in the meantime. Listen, the strength that you need, he's given it, but he's given it so that you can do something. Remember, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? So that essentially means that the things that bring God joy are the things that continue to bring us strength. Okay, remember all you need for life and godliness has been given. It's already given. It's already yours. It's already in you. I love you plenty.